Uh, I think I need a drink, mate. Good man. I think you also need a drink. <laughs>another episode of rear of the grid as always i am your host matt joined this week by jashan how are you doing today lovely had a great nap feeling good feeling rested recuperated shout out to my mom for commenting on our most recent episode the miami arena episode eight of this season with one word classic we're dropping classics matt wow, we still are we are we stealing? Are we stealing that gimmick now that we drop classics? Hey, hey classics every week, baby! Classics every week. Let's go. <laughs> uh, and not here this week because he has uh, legitimate work commitments. The man is at a meeting or event or something that just didn't sound like it was going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Spencer Hudson, but on this week's show. We take a very late look back at the Miami Grand Prix and all of the not much, but a lot at the end that happened in it. We delve into a few of the interesting going-ons at the uh, some of the Mercedes-powered uh, teams, chiefly Mercedes and McLaren, jump through a few news headlines and then give a little bit of a look ahead to this weekend's Spanish Grand Prix. But Spoiler alert, it's gonna fucking suck because it's the Spanish Grand Prix. Disagree! All that and more on this, another episode of Rear of the Grid. Big fan of Tapa. Here we are, back for another week, this time in slightly late review of the Miami... Grand Prix, and um, it fucking sucked. If I'm honest, simple oh, as that. I don't know if it sucked. It didn't suck. I have not a not an interesting Grand Prix. Yeah, it was. Not, it was alright. It was okay. It, it, it was below it, average, but you know there was enough of a spectacle around it to make it interesting. There were a few little crashes, a few little moments here and there, I a few good memes. Strongly. The last 10 laps were alright, literally, I watched the fucking highlights package this morning, because I was like, well gee, it's been a week and a half since I fucking watched the race, I should give myself a little, do you want to know how this highlights package worked? I am so confused, I googled state, no, don't worry, Um, you want to know how this highlights package worked? It went to about, oh there was that, then it was lap 8, and then the next highlight was lap 41, (laughs) that is not a good Grand Prix under any possible definition. Yeah, but it Michael sucked. Michael Jordan took a picture with Pierre Gasly, so it's all worth it. That would have been interesting if it had been greatest basketball player of all time, Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Back to back MVP. Undeserved MVP. Absolute joke. He but if it was undeserved, why did he get voted for? Dunno. I think the NBA media are the vast majority of people seem to think he deserved it because no, he played he... Statist- He played as the best player in the league. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had the best stats, the best advanced stats, the least supporting talent around him. I don't know if he did have the least supporting talent. I've already seen him. multiple people that's it. That Philly team is Max- pretty shit. 
Oh, no, I agree. But Maxi and Harris are better than our second best player who was on the court. They're, I would take both of them over Aaron Gordon. You would take Harris Tobias not, Harris in Harris, your team. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want oh, Tobias Harris. God. But he is, a, he is a slightly... And not for his contract. I'd rather have Gordon on the money that Gordon's on than Harris on the money that Harris is on. But yeah. if I could have Harris and Gordon on, like, the same contract, Tobias Harris is just Aaron Gordon having drunk about one-third of a V. <laughs> Okay. So it's the massive, the ma the the moderatized <coughs> hit that's approved him a minute amount, but he is a better version. Fair enough. But um, what did make it worth it was that MVP acceptance video. That was bloody hilarious. He's just here oh, at incredible. the front of a pub in Serbia, and then the fellows just rock up like, "Hey, what the MVP Mate, not, just, not just him and that, bloody him with his on his little chariot with his yeah. horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolute class. He loves horses. Absolute class. But this is a Formula but... One podcast, Matthew. Hey, you started it. You mentioned Michael Jordan. Yeah, in tangentially towards. And I tangentially he, mentioned Nikola Jokic. Had a photo with Pierre Gasly. He's a Formula One driver who had a bit of a weekend. It must be said. Goodness gracious! But shall we get stuck into it? We shall. The middle of the tr the middle of the race was a bit shit, but uh, from the Gasly Norris crash onwards, there was a little bit. Oh, of stuff going the last uh, the last ten laps were relatively fun, but at the same time, not a lot. Actually, they were fun, but they were fun in a way where you kind of got to the end and you're like, oh, well, Valtteri Bottas drove off the track, but otherwise, pretty much nothing changed. It was it was funny to see Russell. Absolutely pip Lewis Hamilton. That was quite entertaining. <laughs> oh, it was. It was. Oh, we'll get... I mean... Uh, the strategy's just not being kind to me, man. <laughs> I, it was true, but that's just how it goes. <laughs> All right. I believe I managed to get qualifying up for Miami. So let's get into it. I kind of... Watch, I believe I watched qualifying sometime the next morning. I uh, cannot remember much about it, but I do know that to give you the grid in the reverse order as we like to do, it was both horses. No, that seems... Oh, wait, someone didn't set a time. Ocon didn't set a time. Ocon crashed so heavily He in crashed practice? in practice, yes. Yeah, and he couldn't drive. So well. it was K-Mag, uh, Zhou Guan Yu, Albon, Latoyfi, and uh, Ocon bowing out in Q1, at which point yeah. I was getting a little bit excited because Mick had sort of looked like he was maybe fringe top 10 pace and had out-qualified Kevin. That died uh, very quickly because uh, in the order that they happened, he still out-qualified him. Oh, yeah. Um, there was Alonso, shockingly George Russell, Sebastian Vettel, Daniel Ricciardo, and Mick Schumacher who would bow out in Q2. And then Q3 would leave us with... I, well, the first two rows were kind of that. The Ferraris continued to such, such strong one lap pace. That is Ferrari's yeah. easy big streak. They've just got really good one lap pace at the moment. So it was Leclerc frustratingly pipping signs to the pole, and Carlos still has not managed to get that elusive first uh, Grand Prix pole, and obviously elusive first Grand Prix win. Yeah, then it was Max and Sergio for the Red Bulls, but then in a little bit of a turn-up, Valtteri Bottas mm. out qualifying both uh, Mercedes drivers in fifth. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton oh, six, yeah. Gasly seventh in what would be the easy peak of his weekend. Uh, Lando eighth, Yuki ninth, and Lance Stroll 
qualifying in P10. Worth noting that Max came third also due to a late mistake in qualifying from himself. So this is like yes. the second or third time this has happened. Yes, this season he, he abandoned all of that. Yeah, so he, he abandoned his final flying lap a little way through. I might have been at the chicane or something. He made a mistake on a corner. Had to take a false line and just yeah. went, yeah, well, that's that fucked. And yeah, pulled out of it. <laughs> that's that um, fucked. Love to see Indeed. It. Uh, but yes, from there, we'll move swiftly on to um, some race results. And then we'll get down into some things that actually went on in the race. And after, yeah, a good, good little start from Leclerc, Verstappen was able to launch past Carlos Sainz in the initial phase as well. It would be Leclerc in front of Verstappen till about that lap eight highlight I mentioned, which was Verstappen's overtake on Leclerc. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, literally nothing would happen until uh, a tangle between Gasly and Norris, which I think we'll probably get to in a little bit more detail in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Charles did come back at max towards the end, but uh, alas, could not find a way back past. And so it would end up, yeah, Max taking the win ahead of Charles and Carlos. So um, I think I was the only one who was even remotely, remotely on the right track <laughs> for podium predictions. You yes, thought it would be. You were the only one who took it seriously. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to be in it to win it. That's very fair. That's very fair. Are you playing games while we're doing this podcast? I, I told you. I, I literally said I'm going to be downloading people on NBA, on right, WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't joking. I have literally no interest in doing anything else. But installing this on a, when, a Tuesday night, when on Wednesday I was going to my parents for pretty much the whole day and then recording this podcast, and then on Thursday I am working and have TRL in the evening... Very, very dumb. I've also just tried to look up Big Demo, and it has come up with a topless lady known as Big Booty Judy. So, um... Big Booty Judy, the title of this week's podcast. 2K really does have the worst fucking senses. Do you reckon Big Booty Judy and Giancarlo Fisichella would make good babies? (laughs) Yeah, sure thing. Um, okay. Just a quick side note for you, um, as an actual question. Okay. How the fuck do you properly look up superstars? If do you have to enter someone's name as two different heart parts <laughs> of a ha- of a hashtag because you can't put spaces in the hashtag? Like, what do you do to look up someone's name? Oh, um, I can put spaces in. I'm fairly certain. I fucking. It's been, a, I it's been a while since I've downloaded anyone, but I'm I'm like ninety five percent certain that I could put. Spaces a positive. In. It's only giving me the option for shift. Backspace and enter. That's and I can't. Bro. Yeah, I don't understand. RITG3 F9, Big Booty Judy. <laughs> Lock it in. Uh, but yeah, so race results. Verstappen, Leclerc, signs. Perez, a nice P4. We'll get to how he got there, but George Russell at a very good P5. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton, Bottas, Ocon. Uh, Alex Albon, another, both of those results worth talking about. Lance Stroll, and then, yeah, Alonso, Sonoda, Ricardo, Latifi. Also worth talking about, Lance Stroll. Come on. Yep. Come on. And Mick Schumacher, that Magnussen, Vettel, Gasly, Norris, and Joe would not finish. Yeah, where do you, yeah, where do you want to start within the race, Jashan? Right down the bottom there. Go on, you, Joe. Slash, Joe, go on, you. Couldn't finish due to a water leak problem. You hate to see it. 
But uh, it's worth noting that he's now failed to score points in four straight races. Valtteri Bottas, which is where I actually want to start, has scored in every single one of those races. The man is just fucking killing it, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And barring a late mistake in this one, he would have finished P5. He obviously qualified P5, pretty much ran his own race for the most of proceedings over there in Miami. Looking very solid, looking very much at home in the top half of the grid there. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm honestly surprised. I thought he'd be like, you know, hanging around in that P9, P10 to, a, to P12 kind of range pretty consistently this year. But he's been pretty consistently P8 to P5, that kind of area, which has definitely mm. impressed me. Now, a lot of that is the Ferrari engine, but also I think he's just fucking absolutely on a bender, and I he's, love to see it. He's a very good driver, always has been. Yeah. Always has been. Always has been. Always has been, always will be. Are you calling Valtteri Bottas a has-been? Controversial uh, take. You're, it's less controversial than you calling him a cuck, so... I mean, he was a cuck back in the day, and now Carlos Sainz is a cuck because he's just the most obvious number two driver of all time. Uh, just you've got a very interesting definition of a cuck. So yeah, if you're a number two driver, you're a cuck. Mark Webber, big cuck guy. Giancarlo Fisichella. So classic what you're cuck. saying is, what you're saying is, you are the cuck of this podcast. Why am I the cuck of this podcast? You're clearly the number two host. But. They're not even the number two host. I'm, I'm not a host. You're the host. There are different roles. I'm the producer. Mate, I am we're my all, own we're man. Of, oh, well, if you're the producer, could you just shut up? Like, JD doesn't fucking talk on the starters, mate. Oh, the host please, talk. feel free. Take it away, sir. Take okay, it away. So this will be a me-only podcast. I'm going to give you <laughs> my entire soliloquy on the <coughs> Grand Prix. Uh, I hated it. I'm going to hate Spain. Uh, let's fucking move on. Podcast over. Goodbye. Wow. So not as high on these new regulations you don't think they're going to make Spain a good race? Um, well, well, we'll come to that when we come to Spain. I have definitely... I still think, on the whole, we've seen improvement with these new regulations. I think we are seeing things that wouldn't have been possible had we still been in um, the old regulation package. But, like, it's not been enough of a leaps and bounds. Like, I know we had a decent Spain next year, but yeah, we will we will come to that. We will come to that um, soon, I think. But, uh, yeah. You are I, right. Not a lot happened. Not a lot no, happened. I, I agree. I, I was impressed by Bodas this weekend. I will forgive him for that one late mistake. You've got to make mistakes on occasion. It's just really unfortunate for him that his mistake came post a safety car restart when he had the two Mercedes on his tail, which meant there was also zero, and one of them on very fresh tyres, so there was going to be zero chance he could, like, re-overtake to, like, reverse that mistake either. Had he, yeah. say, you know, let an Ocon and Stroll by, you would have possibly backed him, all right, there's a chance he can use these 10 laps to get back past. But, yeah, once the, you, you can keep the Mercedes behind you this year, but I don't think you're necessarily easily cruising by the Mercedes either. Very fair. There's, there's pace in that Mercedes. Like, George Russell was fastest on Friday, I do believe. Yeah. Fucked up qualifying, but due to handy strategy and, I guess, just an affinity with the safety car, he obviously drove from... What, where did he qualify? P14? P12. 
Ah, well, I was close. P12 to P5 is a pretty decent fucking Sunday. So, oh, you know. Absolutely. It's a great Sunday. There's pace in that car. It is a yeah. great Sunday for him. Uh, well, do we want to segue straight there on to having a bit of a talk about the Mercedes? Now, I know you... It's obviously, at this point, it's not that. It's a bit of a built-up as, like, a running thing on the show. You're obviously not the level of... Um, looking poorly towards Russell as you like to pretend on this show at the start as a bit of a wind-up to me. But you have said, you. I think you've still said on many occasions that you do possibly feel that George is a bit overrated by everyone because everyone's just caught up and loves him in that. So I would ask you Quite this. Possibly. Based on the way that things have gone this year with that car and that, so is Hamilton actually the single most overrated driver in the history of Formula One or is George actually really good? Because it's got to be one of them. Because yeah, Lewis George is a seven-time is, world champion. George is pretty good. He's a, he's a pretty good driver there. He's, he's doing a great job. I've I've found zero faults thus far this season. I will respect the man based off merit. I do think Lewis will figure it out at some point. You know, um, he took some time off this off season because of his anger at the results in Abu Dhabi last year. Well, that's one. That's one thing I actually have to think with how much that that. And it still seems to be mentioned, and apparently, I mean, obviously I don't know that, but like tabloids it said, like, there was some talk around that Michael, I think Michael Marcy might be finding his yeah. way back into a little bit more prominent of a role in the sport yeah. again. And apparently, yeah. like, Lewis is, like, aghast with that or something. He's and I'm like, honestly, he's, he's, like, beyond right. foreshadowing for Sended here, by the way. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I do apologize. For <laughs> no need to apologize. It, it, but like, it's like it's a good tangent. You're a seven-time world champion. You're in the frame for, if not already, like the undisputed goat of the sport. Mm. Why is this bothering you so? M- I, I, I don't know. I reckon it's one of these things where, like, I just—is he mentally shot? Has he's it got to him that much that he's it. just yeah. not got his heart in it anymore? Because that's the thing. There's one of these things. And, like, I don't want to rule it out because to me that... Mm. But, like, in sport, there are certain moments that happen and that and certain situations. And it may not be permanent in that, but, like, stuff happens and you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, you know, is that going to be the end of it? Um, so, examples that come to mind in that, Jordan Spieth um, started out, he's one of the, you know... Spieth! But he started out his career at the Masters. On debut, he finished runner-up to Bubba Watson. In his second year, he would tie the course record and uh, win comprehensively. And in year three, he would lead going into Sunday. And he would be... I I think he might have still had the lead. He was certainly in a very, very prominent position. All the way up to the 12th hole when he put it in the water twice, I think shot a quadruple oh, bogey. Spacey. And he still he still finished second, but it was a monument, because he was once again in a very dominant position, and it was a monumental fuck-up and meltdown. And for the next few years, it, it did, certainly at Augusta, it took a while till he ever seemed to be back comfortable with the course, and I did question. He seemed to recover from that. But yeah, there are, there are just certain moments that guys have where like things go wrong in sport, and you're a bit like... Are they going to rebound from this, or is this going to be the thing that just, yeah, that's it, they're done? And like I, I said, I'm sure I think Hamilton's got to work it out. You'd surely he'll rebound from this. It's Lewis Hamilton, oh. but right now it's like, I, 
I almost, for his sake, want it to be that this is affecting him, because at least there's, like, a decent reason that he should be at a work pass, because I just can't think what else it is. Like, the car it's can't be that... I know it's they're not like, great, they're still but, figuring like... it out, but... Oh, absolutely, yeah, but it's, like, how... I mean, maybe it's possible, but I just... I struggle to see how... Well, because that's the thing. The only thing I can think is that's the thing. It's, like... How could the car be so bad, but so bad in a way that it's just so skewed to George's style can make it work, mm. but Hamilton's just can't? Because we think of some other cars that have been difficult to drive in that, like um, the last couple of Red Bulls and things like that. The and the whole story, the whole story with them has been, oh, this Red Bull is really hard to figure out, and that is why the widely accepted lesser driver who is not Max Verstappen is really struggling, but Verstappen still makes it look manageable and wins races because he's Max Verstappen, possibly the most talented dude we've seen in the sport in 20 years. So is Lewis just not actually that good, whereas George is really great? Or has Lewis no. got something else going on? Yeah. So I, I think there's something else going on. There's got to be there's something else going on. Sure. And he's been running. He's been running such a cruisy kind of setup for such a long time. I think this change, it's 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 shocked him a little bit. Um, yeah, it shocked him a little bit. That's a lot of the younger guys are thriving and have adapted quicker to the new regs. I think if you look at the trends thus far this season, apart from Bottas, who's just a silver fox out there, but you know, you know, you got. Ocon is out driving Alonso for fuck's sake. Like yes. you would have predicted that coming into the season. Indeed, indeed. So, indeed yeah, indeed, I just indeed, think indeed. it's taking him a while to adapt, and I, yeah, I don't think his his head is all there. I don't think he's being wholly focused on the task at hand, which is driving so far in twenty twenty two, which is a shame. But driving. driving. But look, the thing is, he could turn it around at any at any point and we could see some real dangerous Lewis Hamilton vibes. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, has there nice. been any, like, weird Toto Wolf quotes as well in the last couple of weeks, post-Miami <laughs> or anything? You're, you're the one who'd be across that nah. if there is. There was a bit of a uh, massy chat, but, like, nothing um, superbly Toto. He is just saying that, yeah, this is a situation that we've never really been in or that he hasn't been in before uh, while yes. running Mercedes. Where they have to really work up from the from the bottom or from the mid ground there, but they are bringing in another upgrade package for Spain. I think this is their third in a row, so they're working hard. And look, they're there is pace in that Mercedes working. car. There's pace in that Mercedes car, so they could agree. You know, still be a bit of a dark horse. And it, I there. should be said if we wanted just while we're on the topic of Mercedes. So yeah, George Russell started P12. He gained a few spots and that, but he wasn't like carving through. And he basically just because he was someone he started on the hard tires, he started on the hard tires, on that, and he just he played that Alex sort of Albon kind of strategy, and a few guys just run it as long as you can, mm-hmm. and hope you get a safety car, and you get yeah. a safety car. He did, and all of a sudden he got a free put stop that put him out right behind Lewis on better rubber. I don't think he went on to softs. I think he just went on to mediums, but he had fresh mediums compared to Lewis, who was on old hards at this point, and Bottas as well. Yep. Um, and yeah, so having started P12 and only gained one or two like on-track overtake positions, if that, he restarted P7, got gifted the spot by uh, Bottas when Bottas ran wide, and then was able to get past Lewis with superior tyres and currently superior driving ability. 
And yeah, P5. And because when he qualified P12, and even as a race started in that, you were definitely like, whoa. Streak whoa, might be whoa, over whoa. here. Yeah. Streak might be over here. Um, But he found a way. It continues to live on. George Russell, only driver to have top five every single race this season. Yeah, it's mad. And look, obviously, the, the Gasly Norris crash helped bringing about that safety car. But um, a lot of the hard tire drivers uh, found success on the Sunday, Ocon being another one. But yeah, very impressed by Georgie, my little Georgie boy. And I've got nothing bad to say about him whatsoever. He's he's not put a foot wrong thus far. Indeed. Glad to hear it. Well, do we want to take the uh, Gasly Norris crowd <coughs> and just yeah. sort of use that as a little bit of a segue into then talking about McLaren themselves? So, um... It what was you... the biggest moment of the race. Yeah, what do you, what do you sort of... So, obviously, um... Gasly had had a little tangle with Alonso, what, a lap or two earlier that Alonso got a time penalty for. He'd made a little bit of a clumsy move at turn one. Yep. Um, saw a few of those this weekend. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> you Is that the up. blind corner they're talking about? Turn no, no, one? no, 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 no. Not turn one. I think it's the chicane, which is later on. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's the blind yeah, yeah. corner. If you if you search Holland to try and download Ridge Holland, it also comes up with lots of Spider-Mans. Wow. <laughs> are you uh, putting together the Eastie boys, are you? Hey. I just like to have as many actual main roster WWE people as possible, and then I like cherry-pick yeah. NXT people I like. So are you of, bringing in Ezekiel? Who um, wants Zeke to well, speak? Uh, I'll try and figure it out because I'll probably I'll probably just use Elias as Elias because I don't. Oh. Know. Well, maybe I will bring in Ezekiel. We'll discuss some WWE plans once we've finished the actual podcast because I do have a few. <laughs> I have a few booking booking storylines I want to run. Past. No, this is a WWE podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> ROTG stands for uh, what's I don't know. Fuck. Rear of the Ezekiel. I don't know. <laughs> You're a fuckwit. <laughs> um, oh, I need to do showcase things for that. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, so little tango between Alonso and Gasly, which I think gave a little bit of maybe wing damage to Alonso, and it, it must have given some kind of damage to Gasly. I don't know whether it was definitely a flat tyre yeah. or what, but things... He just seemed a little bit off the pace from that point on and was slowly dropping back Running until it just seemed um, he and... Norris just sort of... I think it might have been out of that... Maybe out of the blind chicane or whatever. They just yeah, unfortunately ended it up was, yeah. ended up in the wrong spot at the wrong... And they just... I don't know. It was a really, really weird one. Because, like, like just, just the way they seemed to meet together in the middle and... The, <coughs> like, they just almost both... Like, I guess Norris wasn't expecting Gasly to be there. But Gasly just clearly had no idea that Norris was arriving either. And, yeah, yeah. it was just just weird. Um, and yeah, pretty, not a huge, huge or violent crash, but it was certainly a little bit spectacular to, uh, look at and would bring about the safety car. So yeah, any, any sort of, what are your thoughts on that coming together? Well, um, yeah, so Gasly had run wide a couple corners in a row and yet, like you said, was losing pace and was really struggling there. Um, had just been passed by a couple of guys, mm -hmm. I think. And then Norris was next up to pass him. You know, Norris kind of running around in that back of the mid-pack, you know, on the hunt for points, along with guys like Vettel, Nick Schumacher, these, uh, Kevin Magnussen, that kind of group. I think he would have been very close to being very... I think he would have probably adjusted into the very low top 10 when yeah. the hard tyre runners pitted, 
had there not been a safety car. Yeah, so, you know, hunting for points, gonna go for, for moves, and yeah, he goes for the move on Gasly, which is fair enough, because obviously Gasly is dropping pace, and the, and the, the move is there to be had, to be made, and yeah, they just kind of meet in the middle of the track there. Um, for me, racing incident, I don't, you know, they, they both could have left a bit more room, um, I don't think neither of them are particularly, no one swerves or anything like that, it's kind of just a slow coming together that, yeah, is unfortunate. But fuck me, the commentators made it seem like Pierre Gasly was an absolute villain. And I hate that fucking bias. Well, Lando, Lando is the British media's golden child. It's even, so annoying. Even more, even more so than George. I know, it's so he's their annoying. Boy. He's their special boy. And Lando's just a pet. I, I, oh. The only person it, they're more protective of is Lewis. Yeah, well, yeah. He's not bad, is he, our mate Lewis? By the way... <laughs> Miami Grand Prix, the power rankings, had Lewis Hamilton 4th and George Russell 8th. Power rankings are always tremendous banter, aren't they? <laughs> How good is that? Oh, Lance Stroll, just... not in the top 10, but Alex Albon, who did pretty much the same thing, 2nd. So, yeah. Lord knows what's going on. I mean, that one's a little bit more reasonable because I think... I mean, Stroll whole, went we, from we... last to tenth, and Albon went from eighteenth to ninth. Like, there's not a oh, massive difference. Oh no, 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 I agree. There. But on the whole, on the whole, we've seen that um, <coughs> the Watson magic of it. Uh, the Watson magic for the Aston Martin. That's the one. The Aston Martin is a better car than the Williams. I think we're starting to see now. Uh, yeah, I think the trends speak to that. That's fair. Also, fair. great banter when we had that whole conversation earlier today about would you be okay if this was done on just shitty laptop microphone and I forgot to check which microphone it said it was recording and it's now just on shitty laptop microphone even though I'm at home and uh, the unplugged in. So why are you making it. my life so hard? No, no, no. I was rushing to try and get myself set up as quickly as possible and I did not pay attention. Nah, well, it'd be what it'd be. Which That's is okay. But yeah... In a nutshell, I don't think anyone was particularly at fault. It's an unfortunate crash, and the media are biased. <laughs> Bam. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair. I don't think it was too much of anyone's fault. Probably, probably maybe a little bit more Pierre. He should have been proper, proper well out of the way. But I, I just think it was one of those things. Yeah. I'm not I'm not too bothered. Not too fussed about by, it. Now, Mick Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel, however... Oh, so we're not going to talk about McLaren at all? We're just going to jump onto that, because you want to... <laughs> no, yeah, 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 we can talk about McLaren. Fuck, they are... Dude, their pace is about as fickle as... I don't even know. What's something that's famously fickle? Um... D's nuts? I don't know. The McLaren pace is about as fickle as D's nuts. It's so befuddling. Daniel Ricciardo reckons it's track-specific, that they've got just one of those cars that thrives in certain scenarios and just tanks in other scenarios. But I, like... Oh. Lando went from a podium to running around the back of the midfield. Like, what's going on? Do you have the answers? Uh, I most certainly do not have the answers. I do not have the answers at all. Could you get them for me? Uh, probably not if I'm being honest. Damn. 
Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. And I mean, there does continue to be a bit of a pretty big discrepancy as well. Norris is consistently looking a fair bit quicker than Ricardo. But yeah, I probably agree with Ricardo a bit. I think it, it just is one of those cars. It's obviously it's going to have its circuits where it just works right. It's hooked up, and suddenly it's absolute lightning. And then yeah, if it's not a good track for it, it is a bad fucking track for it. Um, which Real is it really what they want at all? Um, bit of a bummer for the McLaren boys, but um, yeah, it's not great, is it? It's not great. It's worse. Look, it's worse for Alpha. Like Alpha Tauri, that was the first race all year that they got both cars into Q3, and it was also the first race all year where neither car finished in the points. Like, fuck me. Oh yeah. Those, those cars have hard luck, man. Those cars. I mean, look, they they fucked up Yuki's race themselves, but yeah, Pierre, unlucky, really unlucky. You hate to see it. Definitely, definitely. It's a very realistic Chase Young I've just stumbled across. Um, yeah, if you would like, you Chase can... Young. Yep, defensive lineman from the Washington Commanders. You're welcome to leap onto the thing I know you're just itching to talk about if you want. I'm more of a Washington football team fan. Oh, well, Washington football team will go down as the single greatest oh. franchise of all time. Real quick. Um, and <laughs> it will be missed. I'm looking through F1 pictures to try and put together my header for the WordPress um, article. And there's just like a gallery of pictures from the Hard Rock Stadium. And the top, literally the top comment, sorry, the second top comment. What do you do in the bathroom other than take a shower? Crying laugh emoji. What do you do in the bathroom other than take a shower? Take a bath, brush your teeth. Take a shit if you got one of those bathrooms with, you know, a toilet and a shower. Shave. Good one. I'm a big shaver. I shaved yesterday. Nailed it, too. Got a real nice, even finish. Like, it's pretty... Pretty simple. Like, there's a lot of... It's bizarre. (coughs) Possibly, possibly, um, depending on the type of bathroom, you want to... Yeah. Cocaine. Yep. Cocaine's Um, a good one. Did yeah, that recently too? Bit of mouthwash, bit of mouthwash. Oh, a little Listerine, huh? Yeah, bit, bit of Listerine. You know, you're a Listerine stuff. boy. <laughs> Someone made Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I should put uh, Joe Biden and Big Booty Judy in attack. You really should. <laughs> Joe Biden definitely uses Listerine. That's that's confirmed. Oh, that'd be you a great, mix, ma- great mix Mac challenge team. <laughs> um, yeah, do you, do you want to jump on to what I know you're just so desperate to talk about? Yeah, well... Superstars and ignore you? That's the thing. There just, there really wasn't that much going on in the Miami Grand Prix. You had the one crash with Nosley... Nosley. <laughs> Lando Nosley. With Norris and Gasly and another crash with Sebastian Vettel and Mick Schumacher. Which... Look, I want to just nail the same take that I've been nailing for the entirety of this year's podcast run. I don't think Mick Schumacher has taken to Formula 1 very well at all. He was he had a real chance at points here uh, for his first points finish ever in Formula 1. A real chance, a real shot. He was fighting for it and power to him. You know, you got to take those opportunities when they arise. He went for a move on Seb Vettel, who was just ahead of him there, also in the hunt for points, and he completely fucked it. To be perfectly candid, 
to be quite frank, he completely <laughs> fucked it. This guy speared Seb Benelucky was Bobby Lashley on a Monday night. You know what I'm talking about? Like, fuck me. Took him out. And Seb was very nice, which is lovely to see. You know, he's a very friendly old man. You know, he's thinking about his cups of tea in the future rather than the actual racing at this point, as we'll get to later. But, oh my God. Just pull it together, Mick. Uh, pull it together, you know? I mean, like, no, how, no, how no, many no. more of these... Oppo- uh, look, I don't know. I don't know. If he can't f- figure it out by the end of the season, because Haas will bring upgrades, oh, not in Spain... Certainly, certainly. Four or five races, I believe, is what Gunter said. That is said, what yeah. they've said, yes. So, you know, the, the Haas should be around that mid-pack com- competition f- for the season, you'd think. Um, K-Mag has dropped off, but they've still been in, in and around the point. So we'll have more chances, and I hope he figures it out. But if he doesn't, um, I want him out of the sport. Oh, no doubt. I, did, I, don't, I don't disagree too much. I think he's got to show something, and I'm looking for him to show something before the end of the year. But I'm very much on the, just the same thing that. You spent all of year two <laughs> yes, I did. hounding George Russell, being like, he has to show something. And by the end of it, he did. And then you're like, oh, yeah, well, I suppose he's kind of all right. And that, like... Yeah! I'm going, I'd am going. i rather wait and see until we get to the end of the year and Mick has failed to show something for the whole year. And then I will pass a verdict on Mick. But until then, I'm going to give him the season to show what he needs to show. But this deserves criticism. This was Oh, bad. no doubt. No, oh. This was this was this absolutely mixed fault. Like it wasn't mixed corner. Um, uh, there really wasn't even a lunge on. Nah. Um, yeah, Seb could have been a lot, a lot more, and I'm sure he privately was. I imagine they probably talked, and Seb probably gave him <laughs> a bit of a dressing down. A bit of a dressing down. A real father son talking to there. Yeah, but um. <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, like, are we, that's, why are we all acting surprised? He's Michael Schumacher's son. Michael Schumacher was a fucking scumbag. <laughs> Tried to kill Rubens Barrichello. And they were former teammates and buddies. Is that, is that confirmed that he uh, attempted to kill Rubens Barrichello? Oh, he literally once tried to, like, escort him all the way into the pit wall. It was, it was a little bit much. It's a little bit much. It's a little bit much. It's a little uh, bit too far. A little bit of a too far red car situation, was it? Pretty much the story of Michael Schumacher's career. Uh, <laughs> but hey, everyone was like, oh, Lewis Hamilton always races so fair. And then he was like, oh, well, I've won seven of these cleanly. Might as well win the eighth by doing it the Michael Schumacher way and attempting to kill my rivals. And yeah. it happened. Uh, but I digress. Yes. Uh, Mick, Mick was at fault. And it was frustrating because had he not gone for the move, I don't know whether or not he would have been able to get his way back past. But regardless, he was still on for points at that point, And I think he would have got them yeah. had he chosen to just stay put. Stay the course, um, as it were. So yeah, that was that was disappointing to see, because I was get, getting a little bit excited. I was like, "Here we go, Mick is Mick is gonna get those points," which I also predicted. Um, so that would have been really nice for me. Would have been and really nice. It was you. looking looking and shit. feeling looking and feeling good, and then yeah, he just got a little bit too ahead of himself, uh, which was on. Un- 
unfortunate. But let's stick in the back of that sort of midfield battle before we jump up to the front and talk about, I guess, probably the big the big juicy bit to talk about from the race. Uh, we've mentioned his name already. Well, let's jump, let's jump to all three of... So the bottom three drivers, I believe, on the grid at the start were uh, Esteban Ocon, yep. Alex Albon, and Lance Stroll. Uh, um, no, no, no. So both both Aston Martins started in pit lane because of the fuel tamp situation. Well, so Vettel, well yes, yeah, so Vettel, Vettel was the other one down the back. But the, well, the last two drivers... Ocon and then Albon, yeah. The last two drivers on the grid were <coughs> Ocon and Albon. Yes. And Stroll started from the pit lane, Vettel started from the pit lane. Um, the bottom three drivers in the points were Ocon, Albon, and Stroll. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Good drives from all. I know Ocon definitely did the hard tyre strategy. I'm not yes. 100% certain what the other two did. I presume it may have been they started on hards as well but i really don't know fair enough um we've got the expert takes here boys i don't know either i <laughs> uh, see i was relying on you having got your little <laughs> noties but obviously you don't that's okay oh uh, i've got some notes just not all of them evidently that's fair but yeah so all three of them getting up there albon probably well Ocon. we'll talk about Ocon quickly just because he has been impressive this season in how yeah. well he's been driving that car, and I think it's the kind of thing that uh, he will have heard the talk and all of that, uh, and so he's needed to step up just to make it very clear that yeah, no, I am, I'm the I'm the top driver in this team. So like, if you mm. want to get Piastri in, it is time to tell Fernando that his time is done. Yeah, uh, and, and I think he's succeeding. I think yeah, he's succeeding in doing that right now. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's important as well because it's the kind of thing where he is going to stick around a little bit just because they are a French team and they want a French driver. And he's signed long term. He has a fat yes, fucking which, contract. Which is one of the reasons, and that. So he needs to live up to that billing or else he will be very, very maligned. And right now he is doing a good job of living up to that billing. I'm not sure there is all that much more in that car. So Look, for the I first time, good job. for the first time since these two were a partnership, I would honestly say that I would retain Ocon over Alonso at this point if I had to pick Absolutely. two of them. Uh, I don't think there's Although, a argument to be had there anymore. It should be said, very, very different story for Alonso if he doesn't have that uh, failure in qualifying in Australia. And he ends up starting on the front row or something and finishes on the podium with spinning a very different tail. But that mm. is the way it goes sometimes. Alonso's been close on a couple of occasions, but he hasn't quite found it this season. Um, even today, like, doing well to run around on the points for most of the race, but then a couple of mistakes. Obviously, the collision with Gasly, which gave him that five-second penalty, leaps out. Uh, lost him those points, and that's a shame. And that but yes, I I agree. Ocon Ocon has been doing that. Alonso has that. But yeah, I'd be I'd be retaining Ocon as well. And I think yeah. we'll probably touch that. But yeah, Ocon Piastri, I think, is the way you want to go next season. Um, if you want to take Lance Stroll's drive a little quickly because you're contractually obligated to do so. Yeah, he was good. He qualified. Look, their the qualifying pace was good too. Or I think it was tenth and thirteenth that Stroll and Vettel qualified. So. The Aston Martins have seemed to found like they found something, so they are yes. no longer you know the bona fide backmarkers that they started off the season as, which is lovely to see. 
Uh, whether that will change as the season continues, you know, like, as other teams bring in upgrades, will they retake Aston Martin, or will Aston Martin continue to improve on this trend? That'd be nice, obviously, for me, as an AM guy, but, you know, time will tell. Uh, obviously, Barcelona is a track where a lot of teams bring in, historically, a lot of teams bring in upgrade packages because everyone's so familiar with it. So I think this will be a truer test of where Aston Martin's pace is compared to the rest of the field. But, no, it was good to see Stroll um, put together a nice drive. That I, It's just annoying, because he's capable of this, and he just does it so rarely. And it'd yes. be nice if he could find some more consistency. Pace, pace has never been... His true pace has never really been in doubt. Like, he yeah. is quick. He is just um, horrifically inconsistent. And a little bit shit. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And fair I can enough, say that. Enough. I can say that because he's been in the sport for more than one and a half years. Yeah. Ah, you fucking rat dog. Uh, shall we talk about the top end there? Oh, the well, are we not going to talk about Albon at all? Oh, yeah. Um, what do you think Albon. of his hair? What do you think he's of his hair? He's the main event. Oh, it's brilliant. It works. <laughs> yes. He, it, it. It is. It is the lucky. It is the ma it's magical hair. It's the lucky red hair. It's amazing. I'm worried though because he's he's keeping it for Spain. I'm worried he's gonna jinx it. You know, if you if you overuse the luck, do you lose uh, that? Gingers luck? have more fun, mate. Don't know if that's true. Is Big Booty Judy a fan of the gingers? Is she? <laughs> Either that, or he's that's his hair is red because he's actually sacrificed his soul in a deal with the devil to get improved results. <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious. But no, he continues. He continues to outdrive that Williams while Latifi. I don't think anyone's actually showing us what this Williams is supposed to be doing because I reckon Latifi's underdriving it and Albon's overdriving it. No one's just at the car's level. It's, it's harsh to say Latifi's underdriving it when most he's... of the time Latifi just isn't driving it. <laughs> yeah, he's doing good good career rehabilitation by uh, Albon so far. But shall we move on to the main event topic? Actually, one thing I've forgotten to ask before we get to the main event topic, what were your overall impressions of Miami? Just to specifically address what we thought of the track. Uh, and the overall circus um, of it. I liked the circus. I thought it was entertaining. All the off-track stuff. Um, See, I shockingly, it. I fucking hated everything about this week. I, underst I exactly understand why it exists. Spencer and I um, were having a conversation at home just about um, sort of like the existence of these races, and obviously we're going to Vegas next year. Well, that'll as be well. a circus, and why? Oh, absolutely. Why we're we having these races and that? But it's like, if you truly—that's the thing. If you truly wanted more races in the U.S., just because all the U.S. is the market and that, but you wanted that, like, the U.S. is home to. This was always predictable. Um, the U.S. is home to some. Truly fantastic tracks. That's the thing. Like beyond obviously Coda, which is the purpose-built Formula One track, which is an absolute banger. Mm. You've got circuits like Watkins Glen up in New York. You have Sebring. I mean, Sebring wouldn't be F1. I don't think Sebring would be F1 grade, but Sebring is a very, very historic, famous circuit. You've got Road America, Road Atlanta. You've got mm. uh, Infineon out in California. There are multiple 
multiple uh, notable purpose-built racetracks around America that are brilliant. I would love with a little bit of work to be done, maybe up, tune it up a bit for the modern Formula 1 cars. I'd love to see F1 go back to Watkins Glen or F1 go to Road America or something. That'd be so cool. But no, we go to the Car Park Grand Prix in Miami and one of the most <laughs> generic-looking circuit layouts I've ever seen in Las Vegas. And it's just a bit like, mm, all right. Yeah, I get what they're doing from a marketing perspective. I don't know if you knew this, but I've actually studied marketing at university. Well, that's the thing. So that's that's why it's things. Miami and Vegas. It's yeah. It's, it's Miami and Vegas. Exactly. But I, like, just, I think they could have designed a better track. The track oh, yeah. was pretty... Yeah, I mean, look, the, like the, the of... drivers were talking about it all weekend. Like, there's not going to be good racing here. There's not going to be good racing here. This isn't a good track for racing. And it's do true. We'll get a, do you reckon we'll get an LA Grand Prix at some point as well? I wouldn't be surprised, mate. Everything goes to LA eventually. I think eventually. New, York, New York could be a bit tough. <laughs> it's not a lot of space um, up there, isn't it? Maybe chuck a track just... in Central Park. <laughs> that's the thing I'm like like if you want to do the street circuit but again if you want to go to New York just go to fucking upstate New York have it in Watkins Glen it's not that far to get back to actual New York in 2035 yeah, when they have their first hover F1 race there'll be a track above the city of New York that'd be dope yeah um but like I reckon yeah it's the thing like if you were to ask people to like sort of name American cities if you go what do you reckon it's Toss up between New York, probably New York would you go, like most famous American city, closely followed by LA, closely followed by yep. Vegas. And then I think there's a pretty compelling case that the next city up is Miami. If only because of TV shows and that. Like everyone's heard of Florida, and the city you've heard of in Florida is Miami, unless you really, really, really like Mickey Mouse, in which case <laughs> it is Orlando. <laughs> It's it's pretty yeah it's it's pretty up there otherwise you know you got Chicago and Detroit and these things but they're Chicago all, yeah they're famous for crime more than anything else as well which is unfortunate uh, one of the sands San Francisco maybe or your San Diego yeah San Fran San Fran would be oh San Francisco is the only sand that's up there no one gives a shit about San Diego and San Jose <laughs> but they've got Texas and they've got yeah now Las Vegas and. Miami, they're all pretty big cities, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if an LA or, an, or, or a New York gets a race at some point. They have four races in North America. But yeah, I don't think the location is necessarily the problem. I think that the track itself was designed... Oh, it's not a good circuit. It's, it's just, yeah. Because they, they have this um, fetish but... with, oh, high-speed street circuits. Nah. But it just doesn't... It doesn't really make... Because... Mm. Uh, I don't know. It just hasn't worked so far. I think it's hard to get that right. Baku is the exception, not the rule, you know? Especially because, I don't, I don't know what it is. Because, like, IndyCar... I don't think IndyCar is a race in Miami, but IndyCar... Well, if it does, it's at the Speedway. Uh, IndyCar does a lot... Like, IndyCar runs on three stars of circuit. Mm. Speedways, but ovals, for the famous tongue. Road courses, street circuits. Yep. And IndyCar has some... Banging street circuit races like Long Beach, Detroit, Northside Long like Beach. Some, these are these are some of um, Saint Petersburg. These are some of the marquee events of the IndyCar season, mm. and they're always great races. So it is. It's like it's possible to make compelling street circuits. Oh, of course. And in saying that, again, that um, if F one ever does go to Los Angeles, I do hope they literally just do it on the Long Beach street circuit. They just take the IndyCar track. Is 
They won't. They'll make a new one, and they'll make it in Beverly Hills for some reason. Yeah, honestly. Uh, um, and honestly, if they want to be in Florida, just call it the Miami Grand Prix, but actually race it in St. Petersburg. <laughs> yeah. Again, the St. Petersburg yeah. street circuit is really fucking good. That's fair. It's just not that hard. Um, on a quick tangent, can you name all of the celebrities who attended the uh, weekend's events? No, I cannot, but I can tell you that Martin Brundle actually hates doing the grid walks, which begs the question, why does Martin Brundle do the grid walks? <laughs> well, it's, good, it's good banter, isn't it? Like... Next thing you know, BT is going to be telling us that he actually hates going into the locker room after a game and just talking absolute shit. <laughs> uh, BT lives for roaming Brian, mate. There's nothing else going on in his life. Mm. That's it. But, um, no, so you, you can't name all the celebrities. Michael Jordan, David Beckham, Tom Brady, the Williams sisters, LeBron James, Pharrell Williams, Michelle Obama. When to qualify? You've, you've only said about half of these names correctly. Like, come on, his name is LeBron James. I'm not doing that. Jimmy Butler, James. Michael Strahan, Dwayne Wade, Greg Norman, James <laughs> Corden. We uh, <clears throat> should stop you right there. Greg Norman is not currently a celebrity. We don't discuss Greg Norman's name. Okay. What was that all... Did you ever get to the bottom of that stuff that James Corden was doing with Ricardo and Norris, by the way? He was doing stuff with Ricardo and Norris? Yeah, they were, like, marketing James Corden's show by walking around the grid in, like, a crop top. Uh, um... Evidently, obviously not. You haven't. I mean, I, I hate James Corden with no. passion, so I didn't look into it. Any I I blocked that. I remember that. Now you mention it. I remember the crop tops. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, yeah. But I think I just blocked it because it involved James Corden. Yeah, who sucks. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, who went for a drive with Callum Eilat for some reason, which is pretty sick. Michael Douglas, and Will I Am, DJ oh, Khaled. Well, if we're talking about celebrities, Callum Eilat was there. Yeah, man, Callum Eilat was there. DJ Khaled! Calvin Harris, he Bad has. Bunny, Maluma, and also, and this is why I wanted to bring this up, Caitlyn Jenner was there, who's... WWE uh, superstar Bad Bunny was there. Yes. That's a, that's a fucking huge turn up. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he suplexed DJ Khaled into a steel cage, which he brought himself. Oh. And yeah, Caitlyn Jenner, oh. whose team, Jenner Racing, won the W Series opener in Miami, courtesy of Jamie Chadwick. So, uh, yes. shout out to the Jenners for supporting W Series. It's good shit. Who is your favourite Jenner? Uh, none of them, if that's an option. None of them? Match. Who is who is your least not favourite Jenner? My least not favourite? Yes. As in who my favourite. Who, who do you despise the least of the Jenners? Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, who do I despise the least of the Jenners? I mean, and you can even extend this out to the Jenna Kardashians if you Obviously, like, historically, I would say Kendall, but I reckon I reckon she's planted some seeds of doubt in Ben Simmons' mind. I reckon she's the reason that Ben Simmons is now... Oh, forget that. Kendall, <coughs> Kendall Jenner is, um, clearly... I can't, we're blaming Kendall Jenner for Devin Booker's just personality meltdown. Also true. Fuck Devin Booker. He's just a bit of a cunt, isn't he? He is. I still love him, but he's a bit of a cunt. He's a bit of a cunt. And he kind of he kind of deserved the absolute schooling that Luka Doncic gave him in that series. Yeah, yeah. Because... All those clips are fucking hilarious of Luka just talking mad shit. It's like you're a little pussy. Doncic just <laughs> fucking embarrassed him. Have you seen that clip where Doncic? I assume Doncic is trying to just like 
lob the ball over yep. the ref or whatever. Yep. And Booker just like leaps up and grabs it out. And Dodgers just looks at him like, you are a twat. And I am going to make you look so shit in game seven. And he did. He did. Yeah. He did. And now Good the Mavs are going to get swept. But that's okay. No. Um, have, you, have you not noticed that most people are predicting the Mavs? I don't understand. I just don't understand. Understand. They've got the best player in the series. Yeah, the, the, their style is just five out and bomb threes. And the Warriors... But that's what Golden State's style The Warriors invented is. threes. I know, I know. But if you think about it, Clay Thompson is... I love him, but Clay Thompson is kind of washed. Mm-hmm. He is struggling. Curry only shot 32% against the Grizzlies. Jordan Poole is still streaky as fuck. So it could it'll be interesting. I think the Warriors as well, but it could go either way. It's going to be interesting. But regardless, um, I was going to say something, and I've completely lost my train of thought. Shout Celebrities out, in Miami. Shout out to trains. No, I finished that. Um, I finished that tangent. Oh, I was asking you about your favorite. Your favorite. Oh yeah. Um, shout out to Chloe just for being like a little bit maligned and a little bit different. So I'll go, I'll go Chloe, Chloe Kardashian. That's fair. Yeah. See, I would have gone Kendall as well, but I feel like Kendall, likes just done some sketch shit and that. Like, that Pepsi ad was a big misstep. Yeah. She's also um, just destroying the NBA from the inside out, mate. It's <laughs> 100%. So, uh... And obviously, like, Kylie Oh, yeah, Kylie is always suck. Kylie, Kylie hitched her wagon to sucking when she... Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Chris because mm. she has built an empire from dating a really fast woman and a lawyer. Yeah, fair enough. And she has made a fucking empire for us. She's rather rich, isn't so, she? Like, um, that's all right. Yeah. Look, man, when the hub empire is on the same level, obviously, you know, with Rear of the Grid eventually becoming more famous than keeping up with the Kardashians, I'll hit her up. I'll be like, you know what? Although, in saying that, in saying, sorry, just a point, a point to Kendall for, it's, it's a popular soundbite on uh, <coughs> the short form online at the moment. The little clip from obviously keeping up with the Kardashians or something where they obviously they've gone out to brunch or something. Brunch! And they're like, oh... Kendall couldn't make it because, you know, she has the flu. Kendall says she couldn't make it. She has the flu or something. And then, it, you know, it cuts to a, like, pre-recorded interview or whatever, and it's just Kendall going, I actually didn't have the flu, <laughs> and it's the fucking funniest. <laughs> just had to li- it is hilarious. I don't know. It just makes me laugh. It's so funny. What did she have? Did she have the Rona? Oh, she probably just didn't want to go, so she said she had Fair the flu. Enough. I don't fucking know. No, she's out. She but it's just the way she did I, just, I actually her. didn't have the flu. Ah, uh, good times. Um... But regardless, no one actually really cares about celebrities that were at the Miami Grand Prix. What they do care about is the battle for both championships between Red Bull and Ferrari. Aye, aye, Captain. At this point, Jashan, we feel like we're starting to see that, obviously, Ferrari has the one-lap pace and, I would say, better reliability still. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, Red Sergio Bull, Perez lost a position in Miami due to an engine problem, again. Red Bull, um, when the car makes it to the finish line... They win. It uh, kind of makes it to the finish line first. Yep. So, um, yeah, what do you... what? What's your sort of take on this Red Bull Ferrari duel at this point of the season? Where do you kind of see it going? 
It's fucking juicy, isn't it? This morning, when I was setting up the buffet for the hotel I work at, there were some juicy, juicy kiwi fruits I was putting out there that, that made me think to myself, fuck me, those are juicy. But then again, you know, I look at the, the current title, the title fight, Max v. Charles, Red Bull versus Ferrari, and I got to think to myself, fuck me, this is fucking juicy. You know what I'm saying? It's juicy. Max, having now won in Miami, the first driver in 17 years to win in America, having not started on the front row, by the way, so shout out to Max Verstappen. He's cut down the lead to just 19 points on Charles. And, yeah, every single time he's finished the race, he's won. Which is fucking insane. Um, yeah, it's not a bad strike. And now, yeah, has three wins to Charles's two. And obviously did win that sprint race as well. So, three and a half wins to Charles's two if you want to play that game. Um, so, yeah, look, Max is looking dangerous. But also, the Ferraris have qualifying on lock at the moment. As you have already mentioned. So, it's just... There are little bits and bobs. Ferrari haven't up, they haven't upgraded their car yet. This week in Spain will be their first set of upgrades, allegedly, according to Big Bonotto. So that'll be interesting to see if they, you know, can garner some more pace. I think they will. I think they'll nail this, but we'll see. Um, Red Bull have already upgraded the car a couple times, which you know might be the reason why they found a bit of. Um, I guess, gap on Ferrari these past couple of race weekends due to those upgrade packages. Ah, jeez. Yes. It's, a, it's a real back and forth because, you know, you got Sainz versus Sergio for that, that crucial P3 position and thus points for your team. And you've got, obviously, Charles v. Max, which is looking to be almost as juicy as the battle last year, albeit without, you know, the drama and vitriol that we saw between Lewis and Max. So... Indeed, it's been a very, very sporting rivalry stuff. And we should say, obviously, we did touch on it. That last sort of 10 laps or whatever post the safety car restart, Charles was able to... He dropped off towards the end, but yeah, he went five or six straight laps, really getting uh, stuck in to the battle with Verstappen and just couldn't quite make the way past. It's just the Red Bull just seems to have so much straight line speed. Yeah. I think there are points in times where the Ferrari is the faster car... For like a whole lap, but yeah, the Red Bull is just so fast. Like the Red Bull without DRS is faster than the Ferrari with DRS in a straight line, which means it's almost impossible for the Ferrari to pass. That is mad, and I guess that plays into certain tracks as well, like Barcelona. Which is it more of a more of a tight, windy circuit than you know with the big straights and whatnot? Or? Oh, necessarily. In theory, in theory, Barcelona is a true car performance it's just mm. it's just a true car performance okay circuit but it's going to be interesting to see because like i don't think the gap in performance between the two cars is enough i think if max is able to have a point in time where he is within range of charles to be in the drs mm. or he jumps in with some sort of pit cycle on that, then even if the Ferrari car is a little bit better, yeah. I, just, I, just, I just don't think it's going to be able to get back past. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And yeah, like I said, Barcelona will be a true test of pace for a lot of these teams, so it's going to be fucking fascinating. I am actually a bit excited for Spain, which is ridiculous. What a turn up. I know. What a turn up. Is there anything else well, from Miami that we need to talk about, or shall we... I forward. don't 
think so. So if we, before we get to Spain itself, if you want to jump in to the news. Ah, yes. I shall. Let's get right into the news. Did I send it or did I not didn't send it? Yeah, you oh, send it. Big news! Ah, no, nah, it's copyrighted. Um, and actually not... Well, some potentially big news. Intermediate size news. <laughs> but let's jump in and uh, send it just for a little bit, shall we? This is the segment where I rattle off a few headlines, a few fun little headlines. Kind of breaking down the week, or in this case, the Fortnite in news in the Formula One world, the Formula One universe. It's a multiversal event, naturally. Um, Matt gets to pick one headline that he wants to talk about, and I will also pick a headline this week in lieu of Spencer not currently being present because he is a cuckold. Hey, Hal, he does. He had. He had some fucking. Work meeting, which the poor lad had to wear a suit to work all day to then go to this post-work event. That's so unfortunate. That is fairly unfortunate. Um, you hate to see it. But, uh, and he has only just got home at past nine, so... Oof. No, we're recording quite late tonight. Love to see it. But first things first. Via Fox Sports, astonished Hamilton Mercedes fume over shock Aussie backflip. F1 pit talk. Sent. Headline number two over the Nines Wide World of Sports, Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Are you laughing about Nines Wide World of Sports or about something wrestling related? Oh, Nines Wide World of Sports. Fair enough. Nines Wide World of Sports. Sebastian Vettel expected to retire from F1, paves way for Oscar Piastri debut. Sent! Headline number three, the F1... No, well, that's what the fucking headline oh, says. How, how about you wait until you want to fucking jump in, yeah? That's not how the goddamn segment works. The F1 rear wing differences at centre of Red Bull v Ferrari fight. That's courtesy of motorsport.com. And then a couple of headlines just from the uh, official F1 website. Mario Andretti to drive McLaren F1 car ahead of 2022 United States Grand Prix. And finally... Williams to run Mercedes reserve driver De Vries in FP1 in Spain. Consider it sent. Any headlines there, Matt? Jumping out to you? Anything that seems right. well? I'm actually like going to take a curveball. Yeah. And I'm going to pick a headline you didn't even mention. And I'm going to talk about the fact that uh, Alpine have come to the decision that they will make an announcement on who will be joining Esteban Ocon uh, out of Fernando Alonso or Oscar Piastri in July this year, which I believe is around the time of Silverstone. Yeah, it is indeed the time of Silverstone. It is indeed And I'll, I'll take that headline as kind of the way I'm going to talk about this battle thing, because I think that's more so where the... I don't... I mean, maybe... So you think would, but the I potential just, Oscar Piastri sure if... debut is more newsworthy and important than four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel implying that he wants to retire? Well, I think it's more important than the bit of that where they're like, 
oh, that'll pave the way for Piastri. Because I just, I'm just not sure if that's the way Alpine would go. I'm sorry, um, Aston Martin would go necessarily. You're just anti nines wide world of sports, mate. That's what you are. Oh, not at all. Well, I, as a fucking, I'm pretty anti the Australian media as a sort of reputable source of Formula One in information. I can't say I particularly trust the Australian media for that kind of thing. Um, if Edel is hanging up the boots, I think that is not all that unexpected. Uh, definitely a bit of a, bu- a bit of a bummer on that, but I'm assuming like I have you seen any of the stuff that came out from uh, he was on something. It's one of those like, BBC's question shows. time. Yes, yes, in uh, Britain, and obviously got grilled a bit about the whole how he's you know an environmental campaigner, but he races F1 yeah. and was fairly open and honest about that. Like the fact that he's like, yeah, probably is a bit hypocritical. He said it that. makes me I really enjoy, He said that. He said it, it, I enjoy it, it, driving cars. Uh, but he, he's definitely obviously been vocal in wanting, you know, Formula One and that to work towards being better and, you know, more green and all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll, he'll be a loss if he goes. I kind of, at this point, I genuinely kind of just see him as, like, F1's dad yep. at the moment. Like, he, uh, he just is mixed dad in yep. lieu of uh, Michael obviously not being able to be there. And that, but like, he kind of just feels like he's the sports dad. Yeah. He's the patron state of the sport because it's sure as hell not fucking Lewis. And Alonso's just too sassy for his own good. So <laughs> yes. it's, it's Vettel. Vettel <coughs> is. And also, also, let's be real. Whenever we watch an episode of Grill the Grid, we're mostly there to see what Sebastian Vettel says this week. Yes. Whether it be him somehow naming every single world champion or just what. You know, funny anecdote he's going to come out with. Mm. So uh, he will be missed if he goes. But I do think it is probably time. And yeah, with the wealth of talent that is around in F2 and slash guys who have recently graduated from F2 and not necessarily had a seat. And then, mm. yeah, I think it's probably time for a couple more of the older, the older statesmen to move on, freeing up some grid spots yep that's an interesting one but look there is chat about alpine potentially wanting to loan piastri out to another team namely oh my god you know how some websites just have a fuck ton of ads i've been on this nines wide world of sports article for approximately five minutes and it's produced thirty-three thousand ads and counting the official counts? According to my ad blocker, we've now reached 34,000. What? What the that shit? Is, that is... Fucking insane. Sus as fuck, but not surprised. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's rumours that uh, Alpine might want to loan him out to another team. So, a Williams or Aston Martin are the teams in question. Obviously, he's already the McLaren reserve driver. Uh, if Ricardo gets sacked... He may well find a spot there, but then again, Colton Herder is kind of in earmarked for that position. So there are there are Latifi, Alonso, and Vettel are the spots that may indeed need to be filled um, if we assume that Herder is locked for Ricardo's position. So it's an interesting one. There's also rumours that Alonso may want to finish his career at Aston Martin and kind of swap over there once he finishes with Alpine. Um, because Lawrence Stroll wants a high-profile guy to pair with his son, 
And if Vettel wants to leave due to these, you know, environmental concerns and just being a little bit fed up with, you know, trying to battle for P10, then maybe Alonso is the guy they go to. 41-year-old Alonso. So it, there are a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces at the moment. I'm not too sure what to think about it all. I don't know if I want Piastri to go straight into that Alpine car or if I want him to have a year with Williams just to figure it all out, you know, and kind of come to terms with Formula One as a concept first, a la George Russell. I'll tell you what I think of it. Mm. No one's made a good Joseph Connors, and that makes me really sad. No one ever makes a good Joseph Connors, mate. They really don't. WWE was able to make a good Joseph Connors. (laughs) Joseph Connors. Uh, Well, what are you picking for sending? What are you sending? I shall send that first one. Um, so the Hamilton Mercedes situation, basically what's happened, and we, we touched on it earlier, the Formula One head man, what's his name? It's, it's something Saudi Arabian. Oh, Mohammed Ben Suleyem. Yes, Mohammed Ben Suleyem, the head of the FIA, basically came out and said that, you know, Michael Massey has not been sacked, and he's been exonerated of any wrongdoing. And indeed, the FIA blamed themselves for overworking him and failing to protect him from the desperate, high-stakes politicking of teams in 2021, which is all pretty reasonable, I think. That's fair enough. But he also said he's leaving the door open for Michael Massey to potentially return to his post in the future. Um, Not as the main guy, because they've already got, I think it's two or three race directors on a rotationary basis, but as potentially one of those guys in the rotation for race director. And Lewis yes. Hamilton, this is the quote here, Hamilton and his nearest advisors were astonished to read the comments and spoke about the situation via urgent phone messages after the story broke. Apparently Toto Wolf was furious and gave the FAA a bit of a buzz, made his anger known internally, and it's all a bit of a fracas over there at Mercedes in response to this Michael Massey story. No, no, Muhammad, this is so not right. So not right. <laughs> Just twat. Yeah, it's 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 it's, a, it's not a great look, but it's, it's an interesting concept. The one you talked about earlier is is, is Lewis Hamilton. Are Lewis Hamilton and Toto Wolff? Just not focused enough on the task at hand. If they're getting distracted by such petty stories like this. Hmm. Honestly, it feels it. It just feels so, like, soap opera. Mm. Um, it's a big, great storyline for WWE to run. Fuck me. Dragon Massey squashes Toto Wolf in the squared ring. The squared circle, the squ- sorry. The squared circle. The squared ring. The squared circle! Squ- squ- shut shit. up! <laughs> that is a really well-made Darth Maul. Uh, um, a little ring piece. Oh, yeah, Wardlow. Did I even write Wardlow? Oh, because Wardlow's not on the roster page. Um, sorry. Uh, no, I reckon Toto Wolf beats Michael Marcy. Yeah. Just based on physicality alone or based on storyline? Oh. I think he's he's a big man, Toto Wolf. He's a pretty big man. He's pretty tall, I believe. That's fair. It's unfortunate because, yeah, Hamilton... How he has got beef with the FAA already because of the jewelry ban, um, which was a fun story coming out of the Miami Grand Prix. 
And it's, I don't know if the FAA are just kind of making these power plays just to reassert its, its kind of authority. I, like I, Just quickly, I, I am with him on the jury. I think the jury thing is ridiculous. Yeah, but what are they, um, are they, so are they just trying to that. like assert that, hey, like we are bigger than Lewis Hamilton. We don't need a panda to his every whim. Uh, yeah, I look, the whole, all of this, all of this just feels so childish. Mm. So childish, except for Sebastian Vettel wearing his underwear on the outside of his race shoes. That was very mature. Very mature, and we love him. Was that was that a jewelry band thing as well? What was that? Well, they've they've like mandated you're only allowed to wear like specific underwear or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, and wrong. obviously he was like, "That is ridiculous," because <laughs> it is. As is the jewelry band. Well, that's the thing. Some uh, people but... like to wear boxes, you know, and kind of let it let it breathe a little bit down there. Some people like. So wear those uh, lycra briefs. Briefs, you know, have a real snug and, and compact. It's a matter of personal preference. Six ah. feet two in a compact. Ah, nice bars, bro. Thanks. No worries. <laughs> All the kids will have popped for that reference. Yeah, we've got lots of kids listening to the podcast. Actually, we've got just mostly Americans listening to the podcast. We had a massive spike in views. Last week, and they were literally all Americans. So shout out to. Oh, well, the, it's uh, working. I take it all back. Miami is a great concept for <laughs> a Grand Prix. We love the Miami Grand Prix. <laughs> it'll be fun to see DeVries back in an F one car, and it'll be fun to see Mario Andretti in an F one car. Nothing too much. Absolutely. To go oh, actually, on the topic of people in that, just real quickly, um, I reckon we should also mention uh, Charles Leclerc crashed. Uh, yeah. Yes, he did. Was it? Was it Andrew? Who's Whose no. Ferrari was it? Uh, I want to say it was someone very famous. It was either like a... Did Villeneuve drive for Ferrari? No, no. Was it well, Senna? He did, but I don't think it was Villeneuve. No, it wasn't Senna. Senna never drove for Ferrari. No, okay. Um, I almost want to say it was Andretti's Ferrari. But no. like, uh, yeah, he crashed. He was took part in the uh, Monaco Historic. And it was Nicky Because it, it was Leclerc and it was a Ferrari. Because it was Leclerc and it was Monaco. He crashed. Uh, lost, not his fault though. He lost the brakes, so was a little bit of a passenger. But uh, yeah, not not ideal. Yeah, he crashed. Leclerc, but... he crashed Nicky Lauda's one point seven million dollar Ferrari. Yes, uh, and but as a few people have made the joke, hopefully this is Charles getting the Monaco, his Monaco curse out of the way this year. Because as I said, yeah. Ferrari has the fastest car over the one lap pace and not a lot of straight line speed and that. But if it can be faster than a Red Bull over one lap in uh, Monaco and get onto pole, mm -hmm. all he has to do is not fuck up the pit stops. Yeah. And he will win. Um, so <coughs> yeah. we have our fingers crossed for him. Also, just on Michelle Leclerc, he, a lot of um, reporters were asking... <laughs> This question to the drivers of the Miami Grand Prix about like carding rivals and teammates they've had back in the day who they thought could have made Formula One but didn't. And Charles named three guys, and I want to know if you can recognize these names. We got Dennis Olsen, no. Nicholas Nielsen, no, Ben Barnacote. Yeah, I think so. Ah, he recognizes Ben Barnacote. Did, did, did Ben Barnacote have some F3 races? Um, he drives Le Mans. Ben Barnacote. And he drove... He drove Bathurst 12... Wait. 
Liquamoly Bathurst 12-hour race, Class A, GT3. Yes, he did. He was he had some races in F3 in 2020. Hey, uh, Ben yes, he, He's a he's obviously now more of a GT and endurance driver, which obviously yes makes sense. He was uh, you're saying he was at this year's Bathurst 12-hour or a previous Bathurst 12-hour? Oh God, you want to make me reopen the goddamn page? Um, he, oh, 2020. So important. 2020. Okay, so a couple of years ago he did the Bathurst 12-hour. Wow, makes more sense. There hasn't really been a lot of international. Uh, as many internationals, it's a very small field. Shout out to COVID. Power this year. Uh, but yes, I have heard of Ben Barnacode. Fuck yes! That's what we like to see. That's what we like to fucking see. Oh, there we go. He rode, that's right, he rode, drove four races for Carlin in the middle of the season. And. Sorry, he drove, yeah, two rounds. He drove the two rounds in Silverstone. Um, he finished 20th, 12th. 10th and retired. He scored nice. one point, finished 22nd in the standings. Big Ben Barnacote. Fuck yeah, dude. Big Ben Barner. So, like to see Spain. It. Spain, is that where we are now? I are. Catalonia. Spain. The traditional testing ground of Formula One, sort of known as the kind of true marker thing. Like the results in Spain are like reflective of this is. It, the best car will win down to the worst car will come last because they just spend so much time on the track at Catalonia in terms of testing and things. Maybe not so much. I've seen a lot more testing now takes place in Bahrain. It's also a track that is traditionally one of the most boring Grand Prix of the calendar. I think it was a decent one from last year from memory, but I can't oh, say I have too many uh, high hopes or expectations, but you sounded like you're a little bit optimistic about it, Jashan. Yeah, I am. It's gonna. It's, I'm. I'm just excited to see the real benchmark. Like, are these regs working? Who is fast? Who is not? Where, where is everyone genuinely pace-wise? I'm very keen. You excited to see the uh, real MVP? I'm keen to see Ferrari hit back technology-wise. I'm keen to see Mercedes continue <laughs> to improve their machine um, and see what they can fucking do. I am. I'm. I'm. I'm shocked for it. It's gonna be fun. I'm hoping. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm just not that excited. I'm being honest. Pull your dick um, out, mate. I never normally am all that excited for Spain. It's true. So that holds home. But we're in the midst of my opinion. We're in the real doldrums part of the calendar. Because I thought Miami was pretty shit. I expect Shane to be shit. And then we have to deal with Monaco. So it should be great. Mm. Love this part of the season. But then I think we go to Canada. Which I am fucking excited for. Because I don't know whether you people have picked up on this in the time. No, we go to Azerbaijan, which will be great, and then Canada. And I don't know if you people have picked up on this uh, during my time doing this podcast, but I fucking love the Canadian Grand Prix. You're a Canada fan, aren't you? Uh, My all-time favourite race, Canada 2011. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You get through the shit point, and then we get Azerbaijan, Canada... Great Britain, Austria, and then France, which was so good last year. I'm probably actually going to be optimistic for That's it. That's a fun little stretch. Um, it's a fun little stretch. A little bit of European action. But yeah, let's quickly uh, get to the end of the show. Chuck out our predictions for Spain. Fucking Shashan. Yeah, uh, let's do it. There's a lot of chat, a lot of hype around Carlos Sainz being in a race-winning car at home for the first time. 
can he make the most of that? I say not. No. Uh, <laughs> I oh, yeah. Look, if he wins, yeah. if, he, if he wins, it'll mean Lecky will have fucked up, and I don't think that's not going to happen because I think Charles will win. I think Charles will win to make it three on three. Him and Max win wise. I think Leclerc will win. I think Russell will come second, and I think Max Verstappen will take home P three on le podium. En espanol, paella, churros. See, I can't quite. I can't quite decide whether or not I want to go for the tactic of just not mentioning it and hoping that's how it will come true, Chorito. or whether I want to try and manifest it. Mm. And I do kind of want to try and manifest it. So I think I'm going to go with... Uh, Sangria. Carl Sainz to win. Wow. Ahead of Max Verstappen. Wow. And George Russell. All right. Sainz, Max, Russell. Where's Leclerc finishing? Fourth? P four, P four. We're not, we're not going anything too. I don't, I don't want a too big of a swing in the championship. He's going P four, and then he'll undo that hard work. I'm probably going to predict him to win Monaco. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Because I'd like that to happen a lot. All right. In other news, uh, Bron Breaker and Joe Gacy are now mid carders in NXT 2.0, which is hilarious. But they have the main belt. And they uh, were put on. <laughs> They were put on third. They were the third match of the night. Or the third segment of the night. Right after Lash Legend versus Tatum Paxley and right before the Viking Raiders versus the Creed Brothers. What was the main event? Uh, the main event was Santos Escobar versus Tony D'Angelo. Oh, that checks out. Yeah. Tony D'Angelo. Let's wrap this up. You know where to find us on Instagram as your best bet at Online Hub Media. Yo! Uh, no, that was predictable. Um, On all your best podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. If you can find podcasts on it, we should hopefully be there. Well, hopefully, we will uh, definitely for, be there, mate. For another week, I have been Matt... He has been Jashan. Gobble goop, gobble goop. I got, uh, got some pasta. My mama made it. Gobble goop. Park Ji Sung has been the greatest Man United player of all time, and we have been rear of the grid. Didn't see that coming. I'm not gonna lie. Well played. Well played, sir. Thank you. Well played. Thank you. I'm losing power, how can you say it's good? You've lost the toe, you've dropped back and lost the toe. Man, I'm losing power. Look at my straight line. I'm losing three seconds per straight. The engine is gone, man. I'm losing four seconds per straight.